I V M. Okay, welcome to Cyrus Rewinds with me, Cyrus Brocha. At least that's what it says on the Aadhaar card as of now. I'm currently time traveling and taking you back into the past to revisit some of the entertaining podcasts we've done over the years, folks. These are going to be better than cricket highlights, so just trust me. Ready? Here we go. So let me bring to you from New York, live from New York, as we speak. It is about eleven o'clock in the in the night on a Monday night, uh, no Tuesday night. Sorry, brother. Medication ke baad I can't remember anything in the week. It is the one and only. I mean, he's a household name. He's a huge iconic figure. He is arguably one of the most famous Asians abroad. The one and only Vikas Khanna. Ting ting ting. Hi, Vikas. Hi. Let me tell you, you are so famous in India that our Prime Minister uses your name in every speech. When he talks about Hindustan ka Vikas, he means you. He means you. He's clearly talking only about you because he keeps repeating it. First and foremost, I'm going to apologize because I'm going to have to apologize throughout the show. I talk too fast, so you have to disregard that. And at any point you want me to repeat or not repeat, you can do that. But today, I'm not going to talk about all your achievements, which are so many. I want to focus on the book that you've released, which is very interesting. I was speaking. I work out actually with a Punjabi kid. Now I'm saying kid, but we are all now not kids from any angle. But we grew up together, so I say the word kid. And I was discussing this the the title Barkat, and I was saying I want to talk to Vikas Kanna and all. And he was explaining to me the actual English translation. The best uh, translation apparently is abundance. Is this correct? It's correct, but it's like seva. What what does seva mean? Service, right? A translation. Sometimes correct. we don't do full justice to the word with translation because we come from a very rich, eclectic vocabulary. So it becomes very difficult to translate some words. One word which I always found difficult was the word seva because it's truly not service, and you can't say free service. Because seva is not much beyond that. It's 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 like samaj ka seva without saying that because you're helping the society or the people without actually yeah. saying that seva in uh, alone says that in a sense. Seva could be just a broader sense of the word in a spiritual context. To be seva could be seva in your house also, not just a seva to strangers. But barkat is still against. We had so much of issues of translating this word because abundance is doesn't do justice to the word. Because I remember my grandmother using the phrase a lot. Which means that intentions are the ones which get blessed with abundance, not even the actions. Sometimes it's your intentions which are way. So now, if I just use the word abundance, people like that. Okay, for us, injustice has become a word. Abundance, full of love, blessings. I, I think wholesomeness is also a word which comes to this. Okay. May your life be very whole. That is also one of the translations. Fair enough, but I just I'm just trying to understand because this pal of mine was telling me that for a Punjabi household, and I, I think it's spot on. Whatever my experiences are, you can never run short of food. That whole concept of if anybody comes over, I don't think in the history of Punjab, any Punjabi family, rich, poor, middle class, no one runs out of food for the mehman or for the person in the house. I thought maybe the barkat word comes from there because it's always about you know as you said seva, but it's always about whatever happens, there will be that abundance or extra surplus of food at the end of the meal. Where every not in a bad way, in in a in a like a respectful way. Yeah. But you know, having some one of the people who traveled way too much in India, looks in corners. I feel that that's very Indian DNA. Of sharing, it's a very Indian cultural DNA which has been embedded in our brains. You know, when we go to Americans' homes, and I remember first time we went. Racism, Vikas. Racism. Continue, continue. <laughs> you know, I. It's a very, very, very interesting subject. We went to someone's house. We had to sign a, a catering contract, and I asked for water, and the lady said, "Oh, why don't you drink outside?" You know, which is a very general thing, and. 
it was very strange. What? And I had an American manager. I said, isn't that strange when you go to an Indian home, they'll feed you and feed you? Because he had been to my Indian friends' homes in New Jersey or New York. And she says, here we are very scared of the lawsuits. Trust me. What? You because you can, walk out, you can walk out of the house and say that they poisoned me. They put some medicine in it. They, I'm not feeling good. This must be intentional. And you can actually pursue them. And so that is where also the fear comes a lot. Wow. So it's not just disconnecting the whole thing. People don't serve. There's also a liability of service. What do you think? Such a distressing society. You've come with bad intentions. For just thinking of the premise behind the thinking. It's a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing. I'm not saying everything is good or black and white. But it's a cultural thing where people are very scared of because you, know, you are liable now. And people also don't have the concept here of cooking at home. So the majority of the people, especially in the in the tri-state where I lived more than 21 years. So people don't want to serve something like that too. So you see that the hospitality is a very different vocabulary here. I, let's go into the book uh, straight away. I, you know, whatever I've gleaned from it, let's start with the lemon tree and uh, the grandmother ka connector. Again, this is an Indian story. It's not just yours alone, I'm, I'm sure. A lot of people have the elders in the household who take over, the, have that kitchen, uh, kitchen ka culture, which then gets passed over, etc. So just a quick idea about the lemon tree ka significance. Kya hai isme. So we used to have a lemon tree in the back of the house. So you get lemons twice. It was summer or winter lemon. So it was always something which was very sacred to her at Lemon Tree. And I still feel very distressed because I had to cut it down when we started a small business in the back of the house because the tree was right at the entrance. So it's always filled with thorns. In the summer, you also get a lot of bees and uh, wasps. So you have to be very careful that you know, you're not serving around that tree. But it was just so brilliant. And it, I've never seen a tree like this. We just kept giving and giving. And she would make these big, big jars of achar. And it was insane. The citrus taste, I've never had that kind of flavor anywhere, anywhere in my life. That, that taste of citrus. So I think it was a significant So it stood to me like somebody who's an elder at home who gives shade, but they're always giving. So it is not taking from you. It's always adding to you or giving to you. So I think it's significance in my life and elders and ancestors. Wow, so it's almost like an extra relative, a senior figure, which was guiding you also as you were growing up. But let's cut to the grandmother ka role because from what I gather, so she is the first influence in terms of uh, interest in this uh, culinary arts and all that? Or uh, my mom, was my there mom, somebody else? My mom never cooked. So it was always my grandmom because she was so amazing. And she had such an influence in the house because it was not just uh, feeding us. It was how, what she did with the food. We used to have some distant relatives. We didn't even know related to them. They used to come. You know, it was so interesting that as we grew up and we started living in different cities, so we'll always connect to people and say, we used to stay for months because your grandmother used to feed us. Because what just happened is the extended family used to go to Bombay or Delhi in big metropolitans. So raising a child is difficult as compared to a small town like Amritsar because it's very close-knit society. So she, she raised, I don't know how many thousands of kids. That's what I used to say. And that's, it's a true Annapurna in my life. To witness that kind of generosity through her was very important to me. And I think then you speak about the eating together philosophy, which comes from the same, from the grandmom's culture and let's say Punjabi culture in general. The eating together philosophy plays a very important role. Um, it's a fact that uh, we were never allowed to talk about any politics on the table or no money issues, no success issues, no failure issues. 
because she's saying that uh, man purna is beyond all that so i really think that it is important and you know at that time it might not be it might be irritating to many people because television had just boomed in india i'm talking about 80s and many of us wanted to see a show at 9 o'clock or something at 9 o'clock but our dinner time was 9 o'clock and she says that please remember that i might not be here forever to feed you the television shows will be here forever and i think that was so interesting now as i grow old i understand that she was not just serving food she was giving us stability through food there was certain routine which becomes like a ritual which helps you in your downtime so i feel very fortunate to be raised by grandparents amazing how wise some of our elders have been when you look back because living a modern philosophy or modern culture t20 culture like to call it nobody wants to really eat with the family anymore sabke paas laptop hai ya phone hai or koi show pe khula hai and you're just you know i mean it happens in my house it happens in my friends houses the whole idea of the collective family eating which now as you mentioned or rather how your grandmother has mentioned it keeps the society together and you don't realize that how that slowly slowly just uh, you you know you disappear from that if you don't do that small event of dinner together at 9 o'clock uh, it's amazing I, i love these stories then we go into the 1971 let's go back to the backdrop of everything which is where you were born Born. You and me are both born during 1971 war. Um, so, sorry. Welcome to the 50s club. Ha, ah, 50. Yar, kya bata hai yar? They they won't have even counted. We'll be quiet about this. Yeah, this is the year. This is the year it happens, right? So yeah, let's go back to 71 little bit because that plays a big role in uh, in your early years because you are the repercussions of being a Punjabi from the borders, the city of Amritsar, and what your parents and all grandparents have gone through. So just take us a little bit through that. So we used to hear a lot of stories partition, which is like most of the people who live in the because Lahore and Amritsar were the, like the sister cities. So we used to hear so many stories of partition that how during the partition some of the Muslim friends of the family they decided to go to Pakistan but they were waiting for things to calm down there were riots everywhere so they all stayed in the houses and my grandmother says that she protected the girls and daughters and daughter-in-laws and she says that they they had very strong um, connection with Lahore because of you know being raised in two cities and when I had to name my banquets. first business which i ever started was called lawrence garden even now my company in america is registered under lawrence garden because that was a garden which is like central park of lahore but now it's called bagajina and that is where my grandmother and grandfather and their friends used to meet and it is a beautiful garden in lahore but born during the war also has a very different effect on your celebration of your birth you know because there's so much turmoil hospitals are filled with all the casualties and what's going on in the city at that time and that time you know most of the kids were delivered at home but still there was so much of anxiety in the air you know when you a city which is the forefront of the war so to make even things worse the lady who helped me deliver she said that you know the doctor or what you call midwife she said that this guy has strange feet and he might not be able to run ever when mom looks at me and she says oh my god this is like a real disability but us time with the backdrop of the war there were so many more issues of scarcity and anxiety which had to be taken care of that but my mom said no the doctor said that you know you need to take him to delhi because nobody does operations for this here so i was just a week old and she took me in a train like 10 days old or something she took me in a train to delhi so everything is happening in the backdrop of major war between india and pakistan during that time yeah but uh 
it's amazing going back to partition uh, before that of course 47 and you're mentioning all that these stories don't come out enough the stories of uh, the punjabi families looking after well, punjabi on both sides hindu families and sikh families looking after muslim families and muslim families looking after sikh and hindu families i wish they would tell more stories of this because of the world we live in we need more positive stories and there are so many nice stories out there uh, which we'll come back to because i think your ultimately what you do is so secular feeding people and feeding all kinds of cultures and uh, making people happy so let's uh, move to the manipal now this is we'll go a little fast forward here after the delhi operation was successful and all that then the young vikas goes to manipal this i think is 1991 what happened there so i did not know about hotel management colleges and all because my brother was becoming an engineer so like run of the mill my parents said 50% of all middle class india yes and you know it's also i got very fortunate because i had started my catering business at a much earlier age before i had passed my plus 1 so there was less anxiety of the family to understand that you know i'll be able to do this because they understood that my passion was really feeding people but there's always a thing about uncertainty of this profession you know you're talking about 91 so many people did not approve of this idea ki kya banega bavarchi banega wo to khana to koi bhi bana leta hai khana to koi why does bavarchi have this negative connotation yaar bavarchi and hajam these are the words which are not used with respect for some reason i feel I think you're right. You know what I should do? I should do my Twitter handle as Bavarchi. I'm going to put that a hashtag Bavarchi. That we should stop understanding that this is a negative connotation. This is these are the very skilled people who actually take care of you and they know how to cook. I'm going to put that. Thank you for. Pointing there you out. go. Copyright Cyrus Brocher, circa 2021 December. But uh, going back to the Manipal years, and you were catering, catering college, huh? So you know, because if you look at the most of the hotel management colleges during that time, they only focused on big town kids. You know, Delhi, Bombay, Kolkata, Chennai, Bangalore, because they have a fluent in English. They had more presentable. They had more awareness, and there was no internet. So these kids knew more about what was happening in the outer world or in big hotels. And here, somebody comes from Amritsar, who's never even had a continental dish in his life. So there's always a disconnect, and the, they know it. They, they are aware of it that the small town kids have their own issues and their own problems. And basic problem is that they feel that they're not aware enough. So I had this thing of once I told somebody that it's amazing that in a country like India we are judged on speaking a foreign language how well we speak it. And I said if that is the competition, I will learn that too. You know, I have I will have to express myself in English. But college was a very strange place because the getting admission there was a tough game. but i had my little business so i kept flaunting about that that you know i make money aunties really kill me in kitty parties and sometimes they don't even pay me <laughs> and how much you charge 20 rupees i charge and how do they pay did they pay you in kind no they they wo to nahi hai kitab mein wo to nahi hai non veg to bahut hai magar wo to nahi hai women will hold my ears and says ke dekho chole pata nahi kaise banate hain and i'm like oh my god you know because you know it's a true fact you know you're such a kid you know you're talking about 16 year old kid who's running a business with his mom and grandma they will have they will come and you know they will come and attack you first because you are the one they can speak to waiter ka kaam bhi safai hai bhi sab kuch but i was planting that and then the principal noticed something in me and he, they rejected me and they said ke beta you know you're going to have a big ace we didn't have air conditioning in our banquets so that was a big thing which crushed me we didn't have a generator and, you know we know that light light outs and all those things but the principal noticed something and he says you know i can teach everything to these students who are coming from big cities and they have so much of exposure they are all talking about their foreign trips you've never sat in a plane and he says that i can't teach them passion it will be a mistake for the college it will be a 
they will really lose on something if this university doesn't take you. So he's the one, Dr. Sundesh, Mr. Sundesh Prasad, our principal, he's the one who got me in the college because it'll be loss of our entire fraternity not to give you a supporting hand right now because it's a very rare story that somebody learned how to cook from Golden Temple, starts his own business. 20 rupees business doesn't matter. It's that how he's so interested in it. And we have, we have other kids who are talking about multi-billion dollar hotels which their fathers own. And here you just have a dream of opening an air-conditioned restaurant. And he says, you're going to do that. And I, I'm still thankful to the, Mr. Sundesh Prasad for looking something in me which everybody has totally dismissed. Hey folks, hope you enjoyed that. Cyrus rewinds every Wednesday and Thursday and possibly other days, but for now Wednesday and Thursday. Also do listen to the full episodes, yaar. You can find me at Cyrus Says on YouTube and I've been told that I'm also available on all the major audio streaming platforms. So stay tuned. Aray, it's time for my dog walk. Ah, uh, Peter, 